Hello and welcome to the Newsmax Daily for Tuesday, February 6th, 2024. If you are one of the many, many new listeners from the Newsmax Rumble page or YouTube page, welcome. Today is Safer Internet Day, established in 2012 by the U.S. Department of Homeland Security and the European Commission for obvious reasons, right? Hackers, human trafficking, cyberbullying, financial scams and ripoffs. Experts say it is a good day to make sure that your identity is well protected. Go back take some of those extra protective measures. There are several other days throughout the year that are also set aside in the name of internet security, but today, Safer Internet Day. On the food calendar, it's National Frozen Yogurt Day. Maybe not the first dessert that comes to mind for a lot of people in some parts of the country on a cold February day, but it is one that most people think is as satisfying, or almost as satisfying as ice cream, without all the guilt. It is also Primary Day Tuesday in Nevada, which is essentially meaningless, as I've explained several times before in the last week or so. Nikki Haley is in the primary today, which won't count for the GOP nomination. Then Donald Trump is the only major candidate in Thursday's Republican caucuses, which does count, meaning that's where they get the delegates. Haley rejected the caucus, saying it was unfair and set up by the state's Republican Party to deliver a victory for Trump. So Trump will basically automatically get all the delegates. President Biden is expected to easily win the Democrat part, uh, primary there, but he campaigned in Nevada on Sunday and Monday anyway, as I mentioned yesterday. And let's get right to it. Former President Donald Trump sat down with Rob Schmidt last night. I want to talk about the, the you're trying to still become the nominee at this point. It seems pretty secure. You turned down the RNC. They were going to just effectively anoint you as the candidate. You turned that down. You wanted to kind of fight it out the right way. So you're still dealing with Nikki Haley. Um, what is the Nikki Haley support base in your mind? It, it feels to me that she's getting... I think at least some financial support from people that will never vote for her. From that Democrats. Want to just, that want to bruise you up before yeah. you get to Joe Biden. She's being supported by Democrats and by, I don't even say never Trumpers. There aren't that many never Trumpers anymore, but she's being supported by Democrats. And she was in New Hampshire and she was in Iowa. So in Iowa, I had the biggest election victory in the history of nobody's ever had a margin like I won. And in New Hampshire, I had the most votes in the history of the New Hampshire primary. That's a long time. That's many, many years, right? Many decades. Uh, she got trounced. Uh, she walks onto the stage, says, oh, this was a wonderful night. You know, yeah. but it wasn't a wonderful night for her. It was a wonderful night for me. Uh, no, we're beating her very badly, and I hear we're beating her very much in South Carolina. And I tell you, Tim Scott has been better. I said, you've been better for me than you've been for yourself. He became a dynamo. You know, he was a little bit low-key when he ran for himself. For me, he has been incredible. I mean, he's been so strong and wonderful. Uh, one I called few, him up. One of you are considering up. for vice president. Well, he's I mean, on the he's list. One of a lot of yeah. names. We have a yeah. lot of great names. We have yeah. a lot of great Republicans. But, yeah. but I did. I called him. I said, "You are much better for me than you were for yourself." You know, you, he's really he's done a very good job. Let me let me ask you about the RNC. You know, there, there's a, there's a lot of criticism. You know, the, the fundraising is an issue hasn't been a good past couple election cycles at all. 2022 should have been far better than it was. I think we can all agree on that. Is, is it time for Ronna McDaniel to step aside? Well, I think she knows that. I think she understands that. And, 
You know, as far as me is concerned, as far as I'm concerned, uh, I endorsed almost 100% of the Republicans that I endorsed win. And in the midterms, out of 253 endorsements, I won 222 races. Let me, I want to ask you about the, the legal issues. You know, it, it, it obviously, it's strengthened you, but it's, it's obviously very taxing. Uh, it's also very expensive to go through something like yeah. this. Well, what, that are was, that was what, what are your lawyers saying at this well, point? Do you, think, are, do you think you'll be convicted of a crime this year? Look, this was warfare and lawfare, or what if they call it many different things. There's many different names. Basically, it's cheating. Yeah. Uh, they have the DOJ, and we're talking about DAs and attorney generals in cities and states. Uh, I have eight cases, all nonsense. But I'm in the middle of a very Democrat area, radical left areas. I mean, we have Washington, D.C., where I call for a federalization. I, we have to take over. One of my great people was just killed, carjacking, who is one of the finest per people you'll ever meet. He's sitting in his car, and they shot him and took his car. Brought and he just him. died yesterday, yes. Just died yesterday. His family is... Uh, is so you've never seen his family is so devastated. We have to have strong law enforcement using the people. The people are good. They're not being allowed to do their job. Right. The police are good there. I know the police. They're great. Uh, the Capitol Police, but they're not being allowed to do their job. Yeah. Uh, Washington, D.C. is a disaster. We have to clean it up, fix it up, uh, take the graffiti off the beautiful marble columns. Graffiti all over the place. The roads are filthy, dirty. The medians and the asphalt is rotted out. The medians are falling down into the road. Right. This is Washington. Can you imagine what some leader comes and says, like, oh, this is it. But, but just so you know, I have a case there. Yeah. I have a case anywhere where you can't have a case as a Republican, especially if you're me. I have a case. Yeah, I think, no, I think my case are waking are up, though, aren't they? They're I mean, aren't even... they waking up to this? I mean, well, what we're I sitting here so. in your house that they tell us is worth $18 million. Yeah, yeah. There's a house down the street that's 10 times as small, landlocked, that's worth 50. Yeah. And we're, we're supposed to just it's believe that. It's all part of the yeah. thing. It's uh, judges. It's prosecutors. Uh, and yet, I will tell you, the people, uh, it's, I don't believe, look, you've seen my poll numbers. My poll numbers are the best we've ever had. We're killing Biden in so many different ways. In uh, Georgia, we're up 11. Yeah. In Pennsylvania, we're up 10. I mean, numbers that Republicans don't see. It's harder as a Republican. Yeah. It's actually harder. They have a constituency that's built in no matter who runs. We don't. We don't. We have to go out and earn it. But we're leading everywhere. We're leading in every single swing state. So right. the one thing I will say, and I think you would probably admit that this is true, I don't believe, normally this would be very bad, but I don't believe that from a voting standpoint, it's probably been incredible because these numbers are legendary numbers. We haven't seen a Republican leading. I mean, let's talk about the presidential race. I mean, when you when you have a Republican leading in an NBC poll, right. you know, or in a I mean, I think there's a Harvard Harris poll. I mean, you, you have these are very you never traditionally lead. liberal polls. Usually if you're within a few points, yeah. it looks like the Republicans are going to win. You're leading you, in these you polls. You never lead and you you're leading by a lot. Okay, leading by I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, no, it's but I think part of that is this weaponization. This uh, people see. It. I call it election interference because more than anything else, it's election. Now, if I weren't running, this would be or none of this stuff would have happened. 
President Trump in a terrific interview with Rob Schmidt last night talking about the election and his legal cases. The biggest thing happening in Washington and in the news is the continuing battle over the border and that $113 billion or $118 billion bipartisan Senate agreement. Here is what Trump had to say. We see the text of this bill last night, which I just think blew a lot of minds. What, what is this thing? I mean, if 5,000 is now the appropriate limit, anything under 5,000, which is 1.8 million a year, and you have Republicans itching to sign off on this in the Senate. I mean, well, it's hard to believe because I think it probably would mean the end of their career. This is a, a Democrat trap. It's a trap for Republicans that would be so stupid, so foolish to sign a bill like this. This bill can't be signed. And It's not only that, it's massive amounts of money going out of town, as we say, going out of town, billions and billions and billions of dollars. And uh, it's so bad on the border. I've never seen anything like it. Actually, it's one of the worst, one of the dumbest bills I've ever seen. I think it's dead, totally dead of the House. I think they have almost unanimous or unanimous support. But I can't imagine anybody wanting to approve this bill. I don't understand how you could. I mean, if you're a Republican in the Senate, and that's where it has at least, I think, a few names that are going to back it. How do you let them go three years with what they've done and then just give them this lifeline? You know, this could really help them on this issue, you know, in this next election. Well, they've been been doing that by giving billions and trillions of dollars away also. This is not that uncommon in the Senate. Uh, it's uh, impossible to believe, but I did see a very good man. Steve Daines just came totally out, and he's a member of leadership, Senate leadership, and he was very strongly against it. I just saw that announced with great fanfare, frankly, because it uh, it deserves fanfare. This is not possible to believe that a thing like this could happen. Uh, You already have. You don't need a bill. I had the safest border in the history of our country. We had no bill. I just said, close the border. It's closed. Then I went to Mexico. I negotiated with Mexico. They gave us 28,000 troops. They gave us a lot of other things. Stay in Mexico, remain. We called it remain in Mexico. They gave us that. This bill doesn't have anything about remain in Mexico. This bill is impossible to believe that somebody actually negotiated. And he's a very nice guy. James is a very nice guy. But this is not a good thing for him. What's it? When you you see the the, the president standing on on the White House lawn like he did last week, demanding that they give him the power to do something about the border. Yeah. That, I mean, that, that fraudulent, you know, I mean, that's, that's, it's so phony. I mean, you, you were the president. You don't need any more power to do what's right here. I was having a hard time with Congress. I just did it myself. I went to the military. I took money out. We built 561 miles of wall. Yeah. I did it through the military. I called it an invasion. We gave them, you know, $750 billion. I took a little bit out. And we built most of the wall and we would have had actually we built more than I said I was going to build when I was campaigning. But I had another 200 miles to go and we ordered it. It was built, ready to be installed, could have been done in three weeks, over a three week period could have been done. They sold it for I heard 10 cents on the dollar and very expensive stuff, you know, special steel, special concrete rebar. And uh, they sold it. Uh, it's just not, it's not even believable. That's when I realized, I guess they want open borders. Donald Trump in an exclusive sit-down interview at his Mar-a-Lago home with Rob Schmidt. And be sure to watch Rob Schmidt tonight, 7 o'clock Eastern on Newsmax. For more on the border bill, we go to Capitol Hill, where Congressman Jim Jordan spoke with Eric Bowling. 
This bill should not be passed, shouldn't even be brought to the floor. It's not going to fix the problem, it may in fact make it in some ways make it worse. So, um, yeah, just just the wrong way to go. Never forget, though, Biden could actually address this if he wanted to. He doesn't want to because, remember, he intentionally created the problem. He did so on day one. I talk about this all the time, but day one, he made a decision that we were no longer going to build the wall. He said we will no longer have remain in Mexico policy where we evaluate uh, people's asylum claim. And then once you get here, you will be released. So that incentivizes everyone to come. And that's why we're on pace to get to 12 million in the Biden presidency uh, 12. That, that, that's the magnitude of the problem. And it's that that numbers, uh, Eric, is equivalent to the entire population of Ohio. And we're the seventh largest state. So this is an in, intentionally, deliberately, willfully done. So they're not going to fix it. They want to pretend that this is a solution. It's not. What we need is to say time out. No more migrants should be able to come in. No more asylum seekers should be able to come in for the rest of the Biden administration. Just say time out on it. And then let's let the American people decide who this Who's going to be our next president? Just close the dang border. Let's do that. Let's listen to yep. James Langford uh, before we get you, uh, Mr. Uh, Congressman Armstrong. Listen. Let's let, let the House and the Senate, let's actually work this out. Let's Again, let's not do nothing. Let's actually figure it out. If there's a part you don't like, then let's have an amendment. Let's take that out. If there's a part that you want to add, let's add it in. But if we sit and do nothing and allow millions of people to come in and allow a national security crisis that we've all called a national right. security crisis to just keep going, I think that's our problem. So what, do say, what do you say, uh, Congressman Armstrong? Well, the House passed our border security bill last May. We passed a bill that would have shut down the border in May. And instead of taking that up, doing our working on their own bill immediately, they waited till it was completely politically untenable. And now they send a bill back to us and act like that's the starting of the negotiating point. Remember, we passed H.R. 2. Not, Jim, Jim's exactly right. This administration has the ability to do this right now. They just choose not to. A big part of our bill was forcing them to do what they could already do. And we sent them a bill that that would shut down the border and to act like this is the only this is the only avenue forward is just quite simply not true. North Dakota Representative Kelly Armstrong and Congressman Jim Jordan of Ohio on the balance with Eric Bowling last night. And don't forget, this bill is not only about funding the border. It contains funding for Ukraine and a lot of it, as well as Israel. Back to Eric. Chairman Jordan, $60 billion of Ukraine in this bill. Um, 18 billion for our own border. I think it was Senator uh, Mike Lee who pointed out that the the U.S. Marine budget is 58 billion dollars, but we're going to send another 60 billion over to Ukraine. Your thoughts on the priorities here? Yeah, I don't think that's going to fly with certainly not with Republicans in the House. Uh, and, and you know, I always go back to the basic question, Eric: What's the objective? Is the goal to drive Russia out of the eastern Ukraine, the Donbass region? Is it to drive them out of Crimea, which, frankly, they've had for now 10 years? 10 years ago, in February of 2014, they took Crimea. Um, I mean, so what is the objective and what is the accounting for how that money is, the money was already sent there and this, this new 60 million, what's the accounting for how it's spent? Now, we know when we send money to Israel, it's going to be used for David Sling and Iron Dome and other weapon systems to stop Terrorists, Hamas and Hezbollah. But with Ukraine, it's a different, a different story. So uh, I think that's the fundamental problem. And then comparing it to what we do with, you know, the United States Marine Corps and everything else. I think, again, most Americans are saying time out on that. Let's fix our border first. Ohio Rep Jim Jordan, chair of the House Judiciary Committee on the Balance with Eric Bowling. Weeknights, 8 o'clock Eastern on Newsmax. So let's fix our border first is what he and many other republicans are saying bob brooks co-host of american agenda has a closer look at exactly what is in the bill 
continue the conversation about this new border bill coming out of the Senate, and we all are clear about what's in it. Okay, here's what it does when it comes to what we're all concerned about, and that, of course, is the amount of people crossing through the border and the immense drain it has on our country. Well, there's a lot of talk about, well, 5,000 people a day still get through illegally, which would seem like a lot, and it still is. That's about 1.8 million people a year. It's an immense amount of people, and the answer is yes, if you're including encounters. And here's how it's going to work. The DHS could close things if border agents encountered 4,000 or more migrants on an average over seven days. The border would have to be shut down if those encounters reached a seven-day average of 5,000 or if they exceed 8,500 in a single day. Now, encounters don't mean they'll all be here to stay forever, but they will be detained in our custody under our federal care and go through the asylum process, which could take up to 15 days. So... If you are someone trying to get inside of our country, what does this potential do, potential bill do to deter you? If you're caught trying to cross illegally, you'll get detained, you'll go to detention, and you'll still get a chance at asylum. It actually seems like if you want to skip the line, you should try and cross illegally, get caught on purpose, and begin the asylum process right away. Now, it depends on how many people are granted asylum, but I bet you the migrants are willing to take that chance. Well, where are the deterrents in this bill? That's the issue so many Americans and lawmakers have that question. They say that the numbers of people are still going to go up. They're not going to drop because there are no deterrents. But according to Speaker Mike Johnson, it won't have much luck in the House. He posted to X, quote, I've seen enough. This bill is even worse than we expected. It won't come close to ending the border catastrophe the president has created. And I also think House Majority Leader Steve Scalise summed it up pretty well. He said, quote, here's what the people pushing this deal aren't telling you. It accepts 5,000 illegal immigrants a day and gives automatic work permits to asylum recipients, a magnet for more illegal immigration. Now, I'll leave it with this. New York City, they're handing out prepaid credit cards now to migrant families. Look, I, you hate to see people in need. But migrants know they're going to get free housing here, free money, and a lot of free other things. So do we really think this Senate bill is going to change any of this? Again, that's Bob Brooks, co-host of American Agenda on Newsmax. So, New York City, where two police officers were just violently attacked by a group of illegal immigrants, is now going to give a prepaid credit card to illegal immigrants. And I'm not saying this to be funny. There is nothing funny about it. I have long been an advocate of homeless services and help for the homeless. But forget about the regular, hardworking New York citizens who can barely survive the insane cost of living there. How would you feel if you are a legal American citizen, maybe a native New Yorker? You've been living on the streets, as many do, and now, now the city is going to give prepaid credit cards to illegal immigrants who just invaded your space. Think about that. Homeless organizations in New York City and advocates for the homeless should be up in arms. Where is their help? And those who attacked the police, by the way, were released from jail without bail. I mean, it's insanity. This is former DHS advisor Charles Marino on Newsmax yesterday. Yeah, I'll start with the sanctuary cities, which are a stain on the country. And as far as the politicians that support them and designate them as such, they're a complete embarrassment including Alvin Bragg. All they do is lead and endanger American lives. 
and, and the loss of life. That's all they do. As far as this situation where you have two officers outnumbered, that's part of another problem. That's now part of the defund police and the politicians coming after officers, because in this type of situation, deadly force, in my opinion, would have been authorized. But they are the cops are so afraid to act because they're going to be second guessed. They're going to be thrown in jail that the whole law and order system, criminal justice system has collapsed in this country, which is why we're losing civilized society in the country. And then, Art, you have uh, the Democrat leaders. They want to blame Governor Abbott for sending the illegals here when they're incentivizing them. You know, we're giving them a thousand dollar prepaid card uh, for for the month for whatever they want to spend it on. We're letting them have their little motor scooters, you know, outside of the hotels. Oh, by the way, they are staying in luxury hotels. So, of course, who wouldn't come to New York City? Who wouldn't go to Chicago? Who wouldn't go to all these big cities when it's basically an all paid, uh, all expense paid, taxpayer funded, luxurious uh, trip? Newsmax host Lydia Serrani and former DHS advisor Charles Marino. No relation to me or Dan Marino, as far as I know, who apparently is going to be starring in a very funny Super Bowl commercial with some other Hall of Fame NFL players who also never won a Super Bowl. I mention that because we got word yesterday that President Biden told CBS News he's going to skip speaking with them before the Super Bowl. CBS has the Super Bowl this year, and it's become somewhat of a tradition for the network carrying the big game to interview the President of the United States prior to the game. Donald Trump, by the way, also skipped the interview during one of his years as president. He told CBS, though, that he would gladly do an interview with them in place of Biden. I don't think they've responded to Trump yet. But this raises a very, very valid question that, of course, most people aren't asking. And when I say most people, I mean MSNBC, NBC, CNN. Oh, by the way, did you see that no ratings CNN is firing a bunch of people or at least getting rid of their morning show, moving stuff around? I think this podcast has as many listeners as CNN has viewers. But getting back to the issue at hand about President Biden, here's Greta Van Susteren. Okay, why is he ghosting us? I'm talking about the President of the United States. He's ghosting us. He won't talk to us. He won't do a press conference. He won't take questions from the White House press corps and answer them. It's not enough to every once in a while answer a few questions while standing next to another world leader. We need a full news conference with the White House press corps. Don't forget, in December, Biden skipped the tradition of a year-end news conference, leaving the president inaccessible to the press, which means inaccessible to you. And now there's news that Biden is skipping the recent presidential tradition of sitting down for a halftime interview with the network hosting the Super Bowl. This year, CBS is hosting. I don't know why the president is dodging a CBS anchor. You would think in an election year he would jump at the opportunity for a Super Bowl halftime interview. He would reach the giant Super Bowl audience. It's more than 110 million people. Do you have any idea how much it would cost his campaign for a political ad buy to reach 110 million people? It cost a fortune. But he could get it free this Sunday on CBS. But he's skipping it. He's ghosting CBS and he's ghosting the American people. His former boss, President Barack Obama, stepped up to the plate. He did a Super Bowl interview, and with a not-so-warm-and-fuzzy interviewer, it was with Bill O'Reilly when Fox, not an Obama-favorite network, was hosting the Super Bowl. And a CBS anchor, while I assume would ask probing questions, would be strong, probing, polite, but not hostile to the president, so I don't get it. Speaking to the American people, whether during the Super Bowl halftime or from the White House, is part of the job. Which brings me to this. 
on Friday after the dignified transfer of remains of the three Americans killed in Jordan, where the president's commander in chief represent the nation. And after the retaliatory military strike against those responsible for killing our troops began, the White House issued a written statement. Really? A written statement? That's all? That's all we got? That's all the Americans got was a written statement? We're spending tens of billions of dollars in seeking retaliation and putting our military at risk, and we get a lousy written statement from the White House? I don't understand. At such an important time, why didn't President Biden speak to us? I don't even know if he read the statement before it went out or if it just comes out of the White House comms office. All I know is they got released like the White House was announcing an appointment of some low-level government official whose name we never heard of for the some job in the federal government we've never heard of. You and I both know, as soon as the bombs began to drop, Biden owed it to us to go to the Oval Office and address the nation. Ten minutes would have been enough. He didn't even have to, he didn't even have to answer questions. Instead, he went from Dover Air Force Base to his weekend vacation home in Delaware. I don't begrudge him his weekends there. Being president's rough. But at a time like this, and since we taxpayers do pay for Marine One for his ease and for the ease of other presidents, he should have hopped on that helicopter, made that 30-minute beeline from Dover to the White House grounds and 100 feet more into the Oval Office. It's his duty to explain why we are doing something and what we're doing. And then he could have hopped back on Marine One to go back to his Delaware vacation home. But instead, he chose to ghost us. Thank you, Greta. And have you heard that from anyone else? No. Later today, President Biden and the First Lady will make some comments at the White House reception in honor of Black History Month. And that is it for the day. After four days of launching strikes on enemy targets throughout the Middle East. Crickets. And I do have to acknowledge the death of country music superstar, supporter of the troops, and great American patriot Toby Keith, who sadly passed away last night at the age of 62. That was Toby Keith at the Lincoln Memorial on the eve of Donald Trump's inauguration in January of 2017. A statement from his publicist said Toby Keith passed away last night peacefully surrounded by family after a courageous battle with stomach cancer. This is a big loss. Okay. Be sure to keep up with all the news all day on Newsmax. It is available on most major cable systems. And make sure you have the new Newsmax Plus. Go to NewsmaxPlus.com. Get signed up. If you're not already signed up, you can get a free trial as well. It includes all of your favorite shows, uh, hosts, and guests at NewsmaxPlus.com. I'm Tony Marino. Thank you, as always, for checking out the Newsmax Daily. Enjoy the rest of your day. And keep on fighting the good fight. News breaks every minute, every day. You need the app, the Newsmax app. Find it free on your smartphone store. Then watch us anytime, anywhere.